Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Welcome to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Moser, a columnist for BleacherReport.com. Welcome to the last episode of the week. We're going to get right into the show as we discuss the Cowboys' defensive ends as we head into training camp. As I was prepping for the show, we were actually going to do the entire Cowboys' defensive line, but there's just too much info here on the defense end, so we decided to cut it into two episodes. We'll talk about the defensive tackles on Monday. Today, we're talking defensive ends. Typically, we overview, preview the group before we talk about each individual player. We're actually going to do the opposite today. We're going to talk about the players, then we'll talk about the the unit uh, at the end. So let's go ahead and start with the Cowboys' first-round pick in Taco Charlton. Uh, I was kind of shocked that they took Taco. Uh, We kind of zeroed into the idea that they would probably be interested in T.J. Watt, uh, maybe even a guy like Tyus Bowser at 28 for Dallas. That didn't happen. Both guys were on the board. Dallas decided to go a different direction in selecting Taco Charlton for Michigan. As the offseason kind of went along, this pick started to make a little bit more sense. Um, Dallas clearly values versatility in their defense alignment. They want them to be able to play up and down the defense line. They value arm length. They value that length. Um, They want guys that can get into the passing lanes. They want guys that are going to be big enough to hold up against the run. They like guys that can play multiple positions because of injuries, because of possibly suspensions. We'll get to David Irving in a second. Uh, As for Charlton, the player, I wasn't a big fan of his coming out of Michigan, but I was a fan. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be this double-digit sack master uh, where I think he will be. What do you think he can be is a guy that gets you seven to eight sacks a year. And when you're drafting at 28, that's kind of what you expect. You're not going to get your Von Miller, your Khalil Mack, your Alden Smith, J.J. Watt. Those type of players don't fall to the back end of the first round. Those are all top 10 picks you're going to get guys that can be your seven to eight sack players. You know, your number two rushers. Think Anthony Spencer. Anthony Spencer is the perfect example of what you can, like a, almost like a best case scenario for the back end of the first round. Good against the run. Going to get you, you know, seven, eight sacks a season. Maybe he'll break out for 10 and a half one year, but seven to eight is probably the average. I do think Taco gets... uh a bad rap for his measurables. I know he doesn't have any one elite trait, but everything is pretty good. Uh, Every single measurable that you would look for in a star pass rusher is at league average or above average. Um, The one that we like to talk about a lot is the three cone, seven, one, seven, three cone. Not terrible. We've seen a lot of pass rushers in the NFL have Worst three cones to be successful. Jadavion Clowney, Jason Pierre-Paul, Greg Hardy, Mario Williams, 
all come to mind. And those last two, Hardy and Mario Williams, that's probably the type of player that Taco will be, but on a lesser scale. I think that Hardy, Mario Williams, these over, you know, rocked up defense ends that probably are better on the left side. That's probably what Taco will be. Um, Dallas is going to try him as a right defense end. Uh, God bless him. Let's hope it, it, it happens. But I think eventually, probably in year two or three, they'll find out that he's a better fit as a left defense end. And that's okay. I think he's going to be a really, really solid player. Not the savior of the pass rush. Just a nice rotational player who can be a good starter and can hold up against the run. Moving on to the other defense end. I, I guess you can call him a starter. I, I'm not as convinced. But Demarcus Lawrence, uh, he's just 25 years old. Uh, he's entering a contract year. If he is healthy... I think all the signs are pointing to him having a big season. Uh, he clearly has the the length, size, and when he's right, the explosion to be a right ed- edge rusher. We saw it in 2015. He was actually a left end then, but we saw that he has the potential to be a, a 8, 9, 10 sack defense end. You just wonder how much ha- have the back injuries robbed him of his athleticism. Is he the same type of player that we saw in 2015? Or is he always going to be compromised because of his back injury? I don't know. None of us know that answer. Um, we'll find out in camp how healthy he is. Um, if he's having to take every other day off or if he's not ready for the start of camp, I think it's fair to be concerned. But Lawrence has a pretty high ceiling. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll be back in Dallas after this year. Um but this is going to be a big year for him. I, I really think this is the chance that that he has to really break out and make some money heading into free agency. Just Again, just 25 years old, a young player. It's going to be interesting to see how healthy he is. Moving on to a guy that I thought had a chance to start early in the year, and actually I thought had a chance to break out, is David Irving. And let's first talk about that suspension because that's all anybody wants to talk about with Irving. Um, I don't believe it's as big an issue as other people are making it out to seem. Uh, this is not a um, substance abuse issue. I don't think uh, Irving is going to have problems staying out of the, the drug program. I have a feeling this is a one-and-done kind of incident. Uh, we talked about this on one of the previous shows. Uh, he took a drug that was... Not a drug. Uh, he took a, a substance that the NFL approved last year. And then this offseason, they said, no, he didn't get it checked. Uh, so he failed the drug test because of the supplement. Um, again, it's just a four-game suspension. And I know people are going to say, well, four games is a fourth in the season. It could be a big loss. I, I get that. Um, but he'll be ready in October. Start of October, he'll be on the field. Uh, he should be fresh. He, he just 24 years old, another young kid. Um, by all accounts, is having a great offseason. I still expect that he's going to have a great training camp and a great preseason. And, you know, maybe this will be a little bit of a, a blessing because of uh, he'll be a little fresher coming into October and November. So I think Irving, his best spot 
is as a left defense end. Surprise, surprise, the Cowboys are loaded with left defense ends. Um, he can also play a little bit inside. He can play a little bit of right defense end if you need him to. But like Taco, you're going to move him all across the defensive line. The one thing that he has that I don't think any of these other defense ends have is that rare ability to just catch fire and take over games. We actually saw it twice last year. Uh, in Green Bay, he was Defensive Player of the Week. And then against Tampa Bay, he just looked unblockable. I mean, there, there are times when he is confident and he is in a zone where he just cannot be blocked. I think this is a guy that has the potential to be a 12, 13, 14 sack player. But we only see that potential in flashes. And that's why I'm interested to see him this year in 2014 or 2017 is can he put it together for more than one or two games a season? Because if he can't, then we're always going to kind of look at him as this guy that has a lot of untapped potential that will probably never reach his ceiling. But if he does do it in more than a few games, you could be looking at a massive extension for David Irving this offseason. Again, he is the one guy in this defensive line that I feel like has that star potential, that has that potential to take over games, not only win you regular season games, but win you playoff games. He's got that much talent. He has rare size, rare athletic ability, rare movement skills. He's just got to put it all together. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. I'm not down on him at all because of the suspension. It's not like he's he's going to miss the entire season. I hope at least. Um, I'm excited to see what David Irving does uh, this year in Dallas. Next one we're going to talk about is probably the starter at left defense end, and that's Tyrone Crawford. Uh, he gets a bad rap because of his extension. Uh, in 2015, he signed a an extension that put him in the same category as Fletcher Cox and some of those other stud defense tackles. He was eventually moved from three technique to left defense end to kind of help his body because uh, he was kind of breaking down inside. But he's a useful player. Uh, I know, I know that contract makes it seem like he is extremely overvalued, which he is, but. He's still a useful player in Dallas. Uh, he turns 28 in November, so he's not an older. He's not an old player, um, but because of his contract, it's going to be hard to get rid of him for the next two years at least. So I expect him to be a part of the Cowboys rotation uh, over the next two years. I like his versatility, much like the guys we just talked about. I like how he can kick inside in nickel situations. I like how he can play the run as a left defense end. I like how he can play with power. He he he's a Rod Marinelli. Uh, he's a Rod Marinelli guy in that he plays with effort and energy all the time. He's just not that productive as a pass rusher. Uh, only four and a half sacks on four hundred and forty-five pass rushing snaps last year. That's not very good. That's about a sack every uh, hundred rushes. Not great. Um, I do think he has a chance to be a more valuable player for the Cowboys this year if a few things happen. If the Cowboys can find a another defense end, you know, between Demontre Moore, Charles Tapper, who guys we'll get to in a second, and if 
you know, Demarcus Lawrence can stay healthy, then I don't think there will be a need for Lawrence as the, or excuse me, Crawford as the left defensive end. I think then they could kick him back inside to three technique and rotate with Malik Collins. And I think that would give the Cowboys a lot more pressure inside as it would allow Collins to, you know, take a break because he was, he was on the field almost every snap by the end of the season. That's how he'll be more valuable to the team. If he can be the backup three technique and a backup left defensive end or even a base left defensive end on first and second down, slide inside, that's how I believe he brings more value to the team. But that's gonna that all hinges on the Cowboys being able to find another defensive end to rotate in at that spot. Uh, I think I think it could happen. Uh, I have some hope for some of these other guys we're going to talk about in a second. So I'm not down on Crawford. He was a he was an okay player last year. He's probably going to be another okay player this year. He just doesn't do much for me, which leads me to the question. Is he a progress stopper to some of these other players? Would they be better off cutting Tyrone Crawford's snaps completely and just letting David Irving take over those snaps? I think it's a fair question. Uh, I think there's a chance that Crawford may be hurting some of the other players because he's just good enough to get on the field, but he just doesn't do enough to warrant the snaps that he gets. We'll see. 2017 is a big year for Crawford as well. Uh, moving on to the Cowboys 2016 sack leader, which was Benson Mayowa. Another long, rangy defensive end. Led the team in sacks after being benched earlier in the year. Total was six. Not a not a very high mark, but nonetheless, he led the team in sacks. Another young player, 20, just 26 years old. This will be his fifth season in the NFL. I think he's a fine defense end. I don't think he's great. I don't think he should be a starter. I think what he needs to be is your third or fourth end in a rotation. And if things work out the way I think they're going to work out, I think he probably will be the third or fourth defense end this year. Uh, he's a little bit overmatched as a starter. He's got talent. He's got athleticism. I'm hoping in his, you know, the second year with Rod Marinelli, something clicks with him. But I just think he's he's never going to be the starter that you want in your 4-3. Uh, he finishes just a 77th rated edge rusher, according to Pro Football Focus. He's got some talent. He's got the ability to win with speed. He can win off a counter. He's got a, a decent swim move. Um, we saw him use the a bull rush once in Minnesota and get a sack that way. I'm hoping that he takes the next step this year, but even if he's just the third or fourth defense end in, in Dallas, I'm okay with that. That's, that's fine. He just doesn't excite me too much. The guy I'm really interested in watching uh, during training camp and preseason is Demontre Moore. He's just 24 years old, and he has the second most sacks among these defense ends. He has 10 career sacks. Uh, he's the one rusher who has that raw speed off the edge. He's the one guy that can really dip his shoulder around the edge and get to the quarterback. He's been on multiple teams since entering the league in 2013. Uh, most, uh, excuse me, the, the biggest reason why he was not on a roster uh, sooner this year was because of his ability to play the run. I have mixed feelings about that because if you can get to the quarterback, I don't care too much about if you can play the run. 
And Rod Marinelli views it the same way. If he finds a right defensive end that can get to the quarterback, he won't care about their ability to play the run. In fact, he'll he'll just ask the defensive end to play the run on his way to the quarterback. I think there's a spot for Demontre Moore in this team. The Cowboys have been impressed with him in OTAs and minicamps. They've been so impressed with his athleticism that they've actually put him as a a gunner on punt on the you know punt unit. He's he's a guy that has a lot of ability. One of his biggest downfalls is his coachability. In his previous stops in New York and Seattle and in Miami, there are questions about how coachable this player is. We'll find out. We'll find out how coachable he is with Rob Marinelli. Marinelli will not put up with uh, with any of that. He wants guys that just will put their heads down and work. So I feel like the ceiling for DeMontre Moore is very high. I think this is a guy that could shock a lot of people and end up starting at right defense end right away for Dallas. I think there's also a chance that he gets cut in training camp. Um, but this is a guy that absolutely has that ability to bend the edge. He's probably the only true right defense end on the roster. I'm really interested to see how DeMontre Moore plays in training camp. And the final guy we're going to talk about today is the one and only Charles Tapper. Uh, A measurable standout. One of the fastest defense ends you'll see ran in the four fives at the Combine. Did not play a snap last year due to a back injury. All signs point to him being healthy for camp. I wasn't high on his ability coming out of Oklahoma. And that's partly due to the scheme because we never really got to see him pin his ears back and get after the quarterback. But I think he has a chance to be an end-of-the-roster type of defense end who has those measurables to you know maybe surprise some people uh, from week to week. I also wouldn't be surprised if Tepper is a guy that gets cut in camp because he just isn't good enough to play right away. Maybe Dallas tries to store him back on the practice squad and get a guy that's a little bit more proven. Um, kind of like DeMontre Moore, I think Tepper is one of these high-ceiling, low-floor type of rushers uh, that that will be interesting to monitor throughout training camp. I like I like Tepper's effort that he plays with another guy another Rod Marinelli type of player I love his athleticism we just need to see it all kind of click together in the NFL I don't expect him to do much as this is really his rookie season after not playing snap last year not playing in or uh, in preseason at all so don't expect too much out of Tapper but I am kind of cautiously optimistic about what he can bring to the Cowboys this year and maybe down the road uh, that's it for today's preview Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you can subscribe to podcasts. Make sure you join us on Monday as we will discuss the Cowboys defense tackles, an interesting group that does not get a lot of praise. We'll talk about Malik Collins. Can he be the next Fletcher Cox, Geno Atkins? Maybe. The stats are on his side. I'll explain that on Monday. Um, Make sure you can you can send in questions at the to me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. You can send them using the hashtag Locked On Cowboys. I have not gotten very many in the last couple of days, so I haven't had any to answer. So make sure you are doing that for Monday at Marcus underscore Mosier hashtag Locked On Cowboys. Send in those questions. Have a great weekend.
Thanks for listening. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.